everybody. It is Trags Mike Petralia back with another episode of the Jungle Roar podcast following a 23 the 20 overtime loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2022 season opener. I am joined again by my good friend and colleague on the Bengals beat, the one and only James Rapine of SI.com, allbengals.com, locked in Bengals. How you doing, James? I'm good. Mike, how you doing, Tracks? No complaints. I'm happy the season is finally underway. A lot to unpack from what Zach Taylor uh, and Darren Simmons talked about on Monday, post-mortem, the Steelers' loss. And I want to, first of all, get to the fact that Zach Taylor acknowledged he needs to slow the game down at critical moments. And I think, you know, we were talking about this uh, in the press box, uh, James, and uh, Zach has, has and his staff have to get it right. They have to get game management down if this team is going to repeat its success of 2021. We're speaking specifically of the Jamar Chase catch at the goal line, 248 left in regulation. Replay clearly showed that he had the ball in his right arm, right foot on the white stripe. Replay would have indicated that that was a clear touchdown. Both feet were down in bounds, but he didn't take the time. He went out. He had the team rush to the line of scrimmage. What happens? Joe Mixon rushes for a loss of two yards. What say you? It's awful. It's awful. It's the play of the game. It completely changes everything. You know, as, as bad as the Bengals were up to that point, they had a shot and, and should have won the game. And there's a lot of other factors. It's not just Zach Taylor. Sure. But rushing up to the line, <clears throat> no one in Zach's ear, and he admitted that he was in Joe's ear, like, hey, let's go. Let's get this play going. Because he was worried that the Steelers might challenge it. And it's like, dude, someone radio down because we were there. You know, right. we, we were... Uh, we didn't have a great angle, but it's like, man, that's close. And then you look at the broadcast and it's close. And suddenly Joe Mixon gets crushed and loses yardage. And that's the thing. This Bengals offense has been awful in short yardage situations. Yes. So you, you never want to say, oh, we're six inches away. That's going to happen. You're going to get it. Ah, really? I, I don't think so. And so I hate that he was in Joe's ear and, and going to that extreme to get the playoff that's the part I mean, because if you give anyone enough time to look at it again you, you'd say all right challenge it now i was surprised jamar chase wasn't more animated in in real well, time he didn't know because sometimes james and you know this when you're that on top of the play you don't know if you were in or not because it happens mm -hmm. so fast you're like you know i think i was in but don't ask me to say one way or another for sure yeah and and so that's certainly uh, the, the other aspect of this, but yeah, those are the things. And it's not just because I've gotten this since I was critical of Zach after that. And about that decision, it wasn't just Sunday. It, there were questionable decisions game management wise last year, the green Bay game comes to mind. The San Francisco game comes to mind. I'm not going to bring up super bowl 56. Oh, I just did. That comes to mind. And if the Bengals are going to take that next step, well, you need a staff and you need a head coach that's going to make the right decision in those tight moments more times than not. No one's perfect. I understand that. Absolutely. Joe Burrow threw four picks. They win if he throws two and not four. So I, I get that. It's not just Zach Taylor. It's not all on him. But some of it is, especially at that stage of the game where the Bengals had just staged a 14-point a comeback and, and, had a, and not only had a chance, they should have won that game. No, there's no question they should have won the game. 
And I think what frustrates Bengals fans, you had so many opportunities in that game to take the game by the throat in the last five minutes in overtime. They had opportunities and just didn't capitalize. Um, Certainly, the other play that's going to bring up, well, first of all, I want to get back to that, that goal line play because what bothers me about that is if you're going to get, if you're on the six-inch line, you should be able to fall forward and get the touchdown. I believe mm-hmm. that, and I know there are people out there who say, well, they don't want to risk Joe, uh, Burrow getting hurt again. They don't want to risk what happened in Kansas City uh, where he got his knee tweaked they need to be able to come up with a way to get six inches and it shouldn't be that complicated. Yeah. That, that's another part of it. And they ran a sneak on in, in overtime on second and one. And, you know, it was after Burrow, I think ran for nine yards. They ran a sneak. They pick up the first down. It was part of that first drive. So it's not like they're afraid to do it. And I agree with you. I mean, now you have a center in Ted Karras who should be able to get some push. Cordell yes. Volson will get pushed. And we saw it. Alex Gap, I thought he played well for all the talk about the offensive line. I thought the middle three spots of the, of the offensive line played uh, well to at at points, very well uh, in that game. And, and so Volson's obviously the one of the three that, that is the, the question mark because he is a fourth round rookie, but they should be able to get six inches to your point. And so, yeah, I, uh, the scramble drill that was happening on the sidelines to get the playoff. Sure. That's the part that can't happen. No, right. And, and if, if you're going to go tempo, not to interrupt you here, James, you're good. if you're going to go tempo, get Burrow to the line and have him fall forward when there is a likelihood that the Steelers defensive front is not set. That's yeah. why you do that. Not because you're trying to actually set up a set run and let uh, Pittsburgh read it the way they did and knock him back for two yards. And they were set. That's the worst. You know, it's not like they... <laughs> They weren't set. It's not like they caught the Steelers off guard. And yeah, it's just, um, it was the wrong call. It it cost the Bengals and that can't keep happening. And I will say this, Zach admitted that he was wrong. All of those things. I don't think there's a worse feeling for a coach. No. Than something like that. Well, right. So, so so hopefully he, he can learn from it. Right. Ignore what he did on Monday. And I give Zach full props for this because say what you will about Zach and game management. And he's still learning in his, what is this? 19, 20, 21 to his fourth NFL season as head coach, he's still learning. And maybe that's, you know, that really ticks Bengal fans off, but that's just the way it is. Sometimes it does take that long for NFL coaches to get up to game speed and call games like that uh, on the fly. Here is what Zach on uh, Monday said about that play. Slow it down. Let us see the call. I can just do a better job of taking the information I'm hearing and giving it to Joe. I was quick to spit out, hey, let's get the ball and snap a play here. Beat their challenge potentially before realizing that's not the issue. At the time, we feel good about it. There wasn't a great replay that we would have seen in the booth that would have told us touchdown. And, you know, He's got to be able to slow the slow the game down and be in charge. The other one I'll give him a bit of a pass for was uh, the one we were talking about after the game, the punt in overtime following the Burrow fumble that uh, Samaj P. Ryan picked up at midfield. Ball's dead there. Uh, he actually returned it to about the 
41, I believe it was, 40, 41-yard line. And at that spot, Simmons acknowledged, Darren Simmons acknowledged on Monday, they would have gone for the field goal. Yep. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox, Mitchell Wilcox snapping the ball. Uh, but that wasn't to be the case. And in the confusion of getting the field goal team off the field because they thought they had the ball initially at the Pittsburgh 40 to the balls at the 50 midfield, we got to punt this ball. They didn't communicate the fact to the punt team. You got to let the, the clock run down. All of that happened so quickly. I will give the Bengals, the coaching staff, the punt team a, a pass on that one. You're nicer than I am because if there's confusion, if things are chaotic, you're at the 50 yard line. Does it hurt to give Kevin Huber five extra yards, the punt, a little extra room. Does it hurt to take a delay of game and make Pittsburgh decline it? It doesn't. And that's the part you're right. There was a ton of confusion. A lot of things were going on. That's when someone, anyone needs to say, Hey, let's let this clock run down all the way down. Let's just take the delay of game. Because by the way, what, what does Kevin Huber do? He punts it to the back of the end zone which the whole purpose of him making this right. team was to put it inside the 10, inside the 15 there. So giving him an extra five yards, running that 13 seconds off the clock, it helps a defense that had played great all day, and it makes it much tougher on the Steelers. So that's the part. You could have taken the penalty, and it would have benefited you. And it would have taken the pressure off of Mitch Wilcox with the clock running down and all of those things. That, right. was, the, that was the route to go, and they didn't do it. Darren Simmons, special teams coordinator, brings up a terrific point on Monday, and that is one of the problems that the Bengals had in that situation, specifically Mitchell Wilcox, is he got up to the line of scrimmage and they didn't want him over the ball. And um, yes, they should have just let the playcock run out and you wouldn't have run into this situation. But as it was, they they felt that Mitchell Wilcox had to snap the ball because he was going to get lightheaded over the ball because he had been in a prone position over the ball, getting ready to snap for about 20 seconds. And he said a lot of people don't realize this, but a long snapper can get really tired. His legs can tense up. And then what happens in a situation like that? Your butt flies up just a little bit. Your legs get tired and you flip the ball over the punter and then Pittsburgh's immediately in field goal position. So that's just, you know, perspective. One of those small details in a situation that, you know, coaches are paid to pay attention to that Simmons brought up that I think factored into it as well. Sure. No, it, it, and it's those things are going to happen, right? You're going to have one here, one there. It was the fact that you had that. It was the fact that they decided not to go for two, right, on the extra point, and you might go for two. It was just there, – there were a bunch of them, and, and it piled up very quickly. Uh, deciding to kick the field goal, a 29-yard field goal, instead of putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands on third. Yes, game. that's another like, one I want to get to, but go ahead. You know what I mean? I, and so if it was just one of these – now the challenge would have been mentioned regardless because that's just such a bad decision but it was all of these things. And so Burrow threw four picks, Zach Taylor made four decisions and one cost the Bengals in the first half and the other cost the Bengals down the stretch. And, and that's why they didn't win or tie and instead lost the season opener. So Darren Simmons says on the block point after on uh, Jamar's touchdown with two seconds to go in regulation, mm -hmm. that that kick would have been blocked 
regardless if it were Clark Harris, Mitchell Wilcox, mm-hmm. or Joe Blow snapping the ball back to Kevin Huber. Yeah. That's not the way I read that play. And he, this is my two cents on that whole situation. You knew you had a backup snapper on an extra point that is no longer 20 yards like it used to be several years ago. It's a moderate, you know, it's still a short field goal, but there's a lot more that can go wrong in a situation like that. Again, the snap was good enough. It wasn't great. It was a little bit low. And I say in a situation like that, you take all risk and chance out of the equation. You go for two, you don't make it. You still have overtime. I don't understand why the Bengals, and maybe you can enlighten me on this, why the Bengals were so quick out of hand to say we weren't even considering that 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 surprises me you yeah yes because so that's twice now right so that's twice that you're putting the ball in mitch wilcox's hand and i get it it's a more uh standard play it's an automatic play instead of joe burrows and and so that's the part that's like man okay maybe you don't maybe you don't go for two James, they had converted a two-point conversion to Mike Thomas earlier in the game. And no, does that guarantee they're going to be two for two on two-pointers? No, but it shows that they are capable of running a play to get the two points. And again, if they don't get the two points, James, go to overtime, which is obviously what they wound up doing anyway. Yeah, and and as far as that snap goes, yeah, Drew Sample picked wrong. No doubt about it. Yes. Also, that snap took about... 7.97 7.97 like you could run the 40 yard dash in the time that it it got to uh, Kevin Huber in it's not like Minka grabbed the ball out of midair like he got a piece of it but it, it still traveled like I, I don't think with Clark Harris there that he would have blocked it so maybe he would have but uh and there was a protection breakdown and that can't happen everything needs to be perfect if you have a backup long snapper Correct. snapping that's so, the point that Darren Simmons was making there and no doubt Drew Sample has to pick up the, the slack and that's on it but and by the way the same- jumping in here simmons says drew sample his responsibility on that play on that error in blocking is less than 25 percent. there were really yes he said that on monday he said as, as much as it looks like drew sample missed that block he could have done something to uh push him uh, push minka uh either more to the inside or push him out of the play to the outside um, it was more on the blocking scheme, uh, closer to the lo- uh, middle oh. of the line of scrimmage. And that's where the breakdown really was. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, regardless, that breakdown can't happen. No. And so th- that's, uh, it-, it was just a pattern of dumb errors. Yeah. It because was just- the snap was accurate. It was accurate. It was just slow. Yes. Okay. And, and so if they snapped that on the field goal, then we're talking about a one and O Bengals team, but the other part of this, and it does come back to coaching the Kevin Huber decision, not to ground it, not to run out and throw right. it away. Um, not, not to heck just fall on it, take the loss and kick a 37 yarder. That ball, it it's worse than I realized in real time. It's really high. He comes up. He has to get up off of his knee, comes up, grabs it, puts it down, and Evan McPherson hit the laces. And I said this. It looked like Madden, you know, the kicking uh, meter in Madden. It looked like someone accidentally pressed X at the wrong time, and it just went (laughs) right to the left. Like, Treggs, we've never 
seen, seen and we've watched McPherson. hundreds of Evan McPherson kicks at this point. Yes, no question. I, he's never kicked a ball like that. And he took the blame after the game and good for him. And he can make it with his left foot. And damn it, the reason you kick it on third down is if the snap is unplayable. And that is because the laces were facing Evan. Kevin, so, uh, you got to know to do something with that. And I, I get it. They'd say, oh, well, he got it down and all that. That was not a functional snap and hold it was what surprised me about darren's question uh, answers yesterday monday about that was we don't really have a chance to practice that and i'm like wait a minute you don't practice bad snaps and downing the ball that surprised me a little bit and i and i'm i don't want to misquote him he did he was asked whether or not you know kevin huber should have down the ball there and you know in the in the moment You've got to be able, especially if you're a veteran like Kevin Huber, to know, okay, this is a backup snapper. If there's anything off about this snap, I'm downing the ball and we're doing it again. And the fact that he didn't do that surprised me. The fact that they don't practice bad snaps or Simmons said that they don't practice bad snaps and prepare for um, that eventuality surprised me a little bit. So um, you know, obviously that could have gone differently, but before that, James, you don't take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. Not when he's got, he's finally got the rhythm going at the end of regulation and in overtime, let him finish the game at that point. I know they have red zone problems, but you have to let your best player win the game. Yeah. Third and eight. That's Joe time. Right. And the way Jamar chase was playing. You know, if, if they double team him and try to take him away, someone's going to be open. Hayden Hurst had just made a great play. Yep. It put Joe Mixon on the field or Samaje Piran. I thought Piran played Chris pretty Evans. well. Like, Chris Evans didn't get a snap. You know, he doesn't exist to the Bengals offense. I don't I, get I don't that know. either. Do you? I, 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 no, I don't. Um, especially when you're down, you know, especially when you need some game-changing plays. Your yep. defense is playing well, but they didn't force any turnovers, which is a, bit, a big negative in a game like that. And they were close. To their credit, but they didn't. You need a big play. You need a splash play. You don't have T. Higgins. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know what happened there, but um, you can't take the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. And like that's the one thing. Like of the two things, I'm not worried that Joe Burrow's going to throw four picks this week. Do I worry that situationally Zach Taylor is going to get it right? I question that because it's a pattern. Four picks, not a pattern. Not worried about it. So uh, everybody's saying, well, it reminded us of Green Bay. It reminded me of, you know, Minnesota in the opener last season. It reminded me of the San Francisco game where Pearl was moving down the field and they settled for the field goal to go up 23-20, ironically. And San Francisco comes right down the field behind Jimmy G and, and wins the game. That's what that had the feel of. It, it was that kind of gut-punching game, a game where – you really had no business losing the game once you got it to overtime. Uh, And in that game against San Francisco, they were also down 14 points, came back um, late Jamar chase touchdown. That was a spectacular grab uh, and they didn't get it done in overtime. All right. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here on Joe Burrow and him. And I don't think he's going to have a game where the ball's in his hand five different times and five different times. He turns the ball over. I just don't think that's happening again. I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking with James Rapine of uh, SI.com, allbengals.com, the Locked In podcast, the only uh, daily podcast devoted to exclusively to your Cincinnati Bengals. James, they cannot lose this week to an injured 
a shorthanded Dallas Cowboys team there. If they lose this week and I know it's game two, then I start having real problems. Cooper rush, not Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the Cowboys after Prescott had surgery on his fractured right thumb, um, you know, this uh, on Monday. So you got to beat the Cowboys. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care if it's Dak. I don't care if it's Shaq. I don't care if it's Cooper Rush. I don't care if it's Cooper Cup. Trags, they they, they have to win this week. And yeah, it, Cooper Rush, and, and people are going to bring up, you know, I mean, there's been so many times where backup quarterbacks have played Mike well against White. the Bengals. <laughs> Mike White last year, right? That's the latest one. Bruce, Bruce Gradkowski 15 years ago for Tampa Bay. I mean, there's just, there's yeah, always a guy. Yes. It, it, yeah, yeah. And so I'm not going to go through that list. Right. TJ Yates. Right. Anyways, <laughs> in, a, in a playoff game. Oh my God. Um, they got to handle business and, yeah, and I expect absolutely. them to, and, and everyone should expect them to look, they have a Micah Parsons in Dallas. You, you know, they got a guy in, um, in Diggs who Trevon Diggs, who's uh, really, really good and, and can get interceptions and you're going to watch him try to make some plays on the ball and things like that, but they should be able to get going on offense consistent offense uh from this team from this unit starting with joe burrow in this defense they need to get after it now and and it's it's not like that cowboys offense with that look dynamic against tampa no. bay right so it's time for them to go to jerry world and, and make an impression on the rest of the league where national media is is talking about are the cowboys done oh and two the Bengals just beat them 30 to three like they need to go there and and show everyone that last week was just BS. Yeah, and and create turnovers. I mean, I, if you want to talk about positives on on Sunday in, in the loss to the Steelers, the defense is certainly right at the top of the list. I thought they made play after play after play uh, in the first half when Burrow was turning the ball over over and over and over, and they kept the Bengals right there. They were down seventeen uh, six at halftime. And certainly you did not feel the, run, the Steelers were going to run away and hide with Mitch Trubisky. The Bengals defense did their job, backed up on short fields. And I think that was the biggest positive for me, that this defense is certainly Super Bowl caliber. Um, but like you said, if there's one area, I think the defense needs to improve upon it. And, and Zach Taylor mentioned this on Monday. It has to be creating turnovers. They didn't create the turnovers on Sunday. They tried. They had a couple of close calls, but they need to get the ball out of the opponent's hands. No doubt. No doubt about it. Because it it puts your offense in a position to take advantage of it, you know, and, and it rebound. If they had just forced a turnover, it, mm. it might have given them the momentum. And they really didn't have the momentum at all until chase catches that ball with two seconds to go. And then it was like, Oh, okay. They're going to steal this one. Um, so th that would be huge. That'd be huge for this offense. It'd be huge for this offensive line, just getting off to a good start. I, I think there's a scenario where if you get off to a good start against Pittsburgh, you're making Mitch Trubisky throw it. You, you can buckle down and, and, and kind of sure. play, you know, the way they wanted to play from ahead and, and you win by two scores against Pittsburgh. And instead you're chasing the whole game because you turn it over. You never put pressure just, on an offensive line of the Steelers that was there to be taken, you know, taken advantage of. Exactly. And so that's the, uh, the, the downside, right. Of, of what that game was, this needs to be the opposite where it's constant pressure. It's constant, man. I can't believe Cooper rush is there, you know, CD lamb's a good player. Dalton Schultz is a good player. They don't have a ton of weapons. Zeke Elliott no. isn't what he once was. Tony Pollard's fine. 
you know, but fine isn't enough when Cooper Rush is the quarterback. And so, yeah, the Mike White thing is going to be discussed a lot. No question. And as it should. Yeah, I mean, that was ridiculous at the time. It's still ridiculous. The Bengals had no business losing to those Jets last year. And they had the Jets on the horizon, and it's going to be another backup in New York. So they're going to have to go back to back here. You know, two and one is the only outcome that's acceptable after that loss. I agree with that. And it should have been three and zero. It's not. All right, move forward. Get to two and one, and it starts with Dallas on Sunday. I don't think there's any question about that. I think it's very doable. Uh, And then you have the Miami game at home on Thursday night on a short week, where the Dolphins have to come up here. And, you know, yes, there's a pomp and circumstance once again, second straight year of the ring of honor. Uh, and then, you know, names going up, um, up on the ring of honor, Isaac Curtis and uh, big Willie, Willie Anderson. Uh, that'll be a great night, but you know, first things first, take care of business against the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry world on Sunday afternoon. Um, Hayden Hurst, I thought looked great on yeah. Sunday. Your thoughts, yeah. the catch. And I rewatched the game on Monday morning. The toe tap catch, <laughs> unbelievable. He got he got three feet down. Three tap 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 tap. The first down, the first first down that he caught, where he catches the ball, yep, I know and r- runs through multiple defenders and gets so excited. Those are the plays where it's like, man, he can be a big part of this offense. And um, I'm, I'm excited to watch him. I, I think he's a perfect fit. I thought it all, when they signed him, I, I never would have given Uzama the type of money that $8 million per year. I just wouldn't have. And, um, and that doesn't mean Hurst does everything Uzama can do and, and does. I also don't think Uzama can do everything Hurst does. He brings this explosive element, this playmaking element to this right. offense. Um, we'll finish up on this because it's also a storyline that should get talked about a lot this week. L Collins going back to Dallas. He did not look great on Sunday. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you viewed it uh, going back and looking at the film. I just think he's still getting his feet under him and he got blown by, by TJ Watt a couple of times and he needs to get his base wider. I mean, it's that simple. He's got to be, and I don't know. We all saw him wearing an ankle brace on his right ankle at practice last Friday, and it was heavily taped. And we asked Zach about it after practice on Friday. And he said, yeah, that's something he's been managing, not recently, but actually uh, from the start of training camp when he reported uh, to the Bengals. So it's not a situation where the Bengals were caught off guard. They know he's been managing it. But you would figure this week of all weeks, he's going back to Dallas. He will play inspired against a guy like uh, Demarcus Lawrence, somebody like that. And he is going to has to make a statement and the tackles have to play better than they did against the Steelers. They do. And, you know, that's a tough matchup. TJ Watt is, is, is tough to, to face of the two. I'm actually more concerned with Jonah Williams because Alex Highsmith isn't supposed to beat you like a drum. And he did you know, the three sacks and, and, and doing that. So yeah, Collins, he had, he, I think the unit as a whole played much better in the second half and and settled. I I agree with that. And and so hopefully we see constant improvement, but yeah, that certainly wasn't what fans envisioned all off season when they added the guys they added. So uh, do I expect them to be, be be better? Yes. I also think there's a guy named Micah Parsons who is a terror is a terror and so it's going to be interesting to see how the Bengals combat him and uh it's it's a good test 
from that aspect because this offensive line needs to get rolling and needs to continue to improve. And uh, it, because that's the key. If they aren't at least league average, there's a ceiling to this offense and there's a clear weakness to this offense. And I don't want there to be a ceiling because they're too damn talented for that to be the case elsewhere, quarterback, skill players. So hopefully this offensive line can uh, continue to improve starting this week in Dallas. And it isn't just a Lel Collins revenge game. It's a Frank Pollock revenge game. She got fired for Paul Alexander. It's also a Chidobe Ouzier revenge game. And the the Cowboys could desperately use Chidobe Ouzier right now. What a bad decision they made to not re-sign him for a three-year, $21 million deal that the Bengals are laughing about because he has played great through the, what, the 18 games now, regular season-wise, that he's played. Uh, Where are you going to go out on Saturday to get uh, barbecue? Um, uh, are, are we getting barbecue together on Saturday? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm going to get to Dallas. I'm going to spend the weekend in Dallas. I've never been there and I'm going to oh. eat some really good food. I can't wait to check out Jerry world and I get to compare it to SoFi stadium, which is certainly going to be fun. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an exciting time. And again, this is, you, you're not labeling it a must win, but if you are, who everyone's expecting you to be, at least Bengals fans are expecting you to be, you need to go to Jerry World. And Jerry needs to be answering questions about how Joe Burrow trotted in there. And and it was just guns a-blazing. And the Bengals just, you know, mollywopped it, right? That that has got to be the way it is. Like, if they win 27-24 or something, that's not okay in this game. I thought it was okay in week one. You know Zach's Zach's never going to say that. He's like – we need to win a game by one point. That's what we're going to win seven to six. And he said, said that throughout the season last year, but I will tell you that uh, this has that same sort of feel that the Bengals had going into Chicago last year, but that was coming off a game. They probably had no business winning against the Vikings. Right. Uh, And they go in there and lose. And this year they are coming off a game. They really had no business winning and, or, losing i should say they should have beaten the steelers didn't and i think the urgency is going to be be there a little bit more uh heading into dallas it better be it better be because the the how matters and what i want to see is the offensive line looking much better burrow not sacked seven times he's really decisive with where he's going to the ball he's sharp you know going with the ball he's really sharp Uh, i want to see this defense really get after a cooper rush i mean they need to be firing on all cylinders and look like this hungry tiger we'll use the bengal reference this hungry tiger that has been starving for a week that got embarrassed on sunday because it was a close game but that's an embarrassing loss with the how and so the how needs to change this week even if it's a win a win isn't enough i'm not okay with just a win the how matters protect joe the defense should they just limp it out of dallas with the win no, like even but, if T can't play, even if T can't play, go get go win by double digits. All right. He is James Rapine. I want you to tell everybody uh, following me on the Jungle Roar podcast where they can find your stuff and what you're what you may be working on this week. A ton. Right. You know, we're going to have plenty on on Joe Burrow and this offensive line and uh, whether it's Cincinnati Bengals talk. Uh, my guy, Joe Goodberry, is going to have Bengal, his Bengals on the brain show on Tuesday night at eight. So there's going to be a lot of film breakdown, focus on Burrow, focus on this offensive line. 
um, and then all Bengals.com, of course, and then daily unlocked on Bengals. So it's, it's a lot, a lot of different platforms, a lot of different ways to follow, but, uh, yeah, we are uh, in full swing here now that the season is underway tracks. He is James Rapine. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at James Rapine, all one word. He does a great job at allbengals.com. And be sure to subscribe to his podcast, Locked On Bengals. And speaking of podcasts, I want you to comment on and subscribe to. Be sure to follow me on the Jungle Roar uh, podcast YouTube page. Subscribe on the link below and be sure to leave all comments. Good, bad. And as I say, James, indifferent i want to hear all comments that all bengal fans have to contribute to the forum because that's why we're here we're here to give and i'm sure you are as well provide a forum for all bengal fans who have an opinion on the stripes he is james repeat oh go ahead go ahead i can't wait for cowboy fans to say that idiot thinks the bengals are going to beat the cowboys cooper rush season baby i want to see those comments too All right. He is James Rapine. I'm Mike Petralia. Trags. James, you're the best. Thanks for watching.